everybody, I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your, your Twilight, Twilight phase. phase. Hey, everybody. Hi. My dear friends, how are you? I like that part, too. What? Guys like Dora. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, great start. What's up with you guys? I'm so sleepy today. I'm trying to like pull from the well of energy for this recording, but I'm just really tired. Last week I was deeply exhausted and you know what? Twilight and my friendships revived me and I was fine. So I bet you'll perk up. Like following Midnight Sun stuff over the past few days has definitely, definitely been keeping me going. I wrote to an author today, like, just so you know, I'm out Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, but like, you know, I'll catch up with you when I'm back. She was like, oh, are you going anywhere? And I was like, no, I'm reading Midnight Sun. I'm really excited. Okay, guys, I thought I had taken Tuesday off, but I didn't. I took off a different Tuesday, so... I can't believe you did this as somebody who works in books because it's always the first Tuesday. It's. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I think I hadn't realized that, like, it's August, I guess, tomorrow. <laughs> it is August soon. Also, I might be wrong. Does everybody else also do whatever Tuesday, but we do first Tuesdays of the month? We don't necessarily do first Tuesdays of the month. We usually do. But not necessarily. Is that like for our big books or for all our books? I've never noticed. No, all of our books are usually on first Tuesdays. And once in a while, if we have a crowded month, we do third Tuesdays also. Okay. I did have a sense of like first and third, but I definitely didn't have a sense of like typically first. But now that I say that, I think the rest of publishing does all of the Tuesdays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder why, why we do it like that. I don't know why it's Tuesdays. Somebody figure it out even though we're the ones who work in publishing. Yeah, aren't um, we supposed to know that? <laughs> that reminds me of when we realized that our YA books were a different size than every yes. other YA book oh in the market. God. And yes. their size was cheaper and people liked it more. And better. And like, <laughs> why? I was there at the office that day when my boss and some other people were like running around in our publisher. They all like collected all of the extra YAs that they had from other publishers and we all like ran into one office and we're like, they're all different. Ours are smaller. Why are ours smaller? Everybody else is at this bigger trim. What have we done? Theirs were all like floppier and like yes. really nice yeah. to hold. So the manufacturing people are like, but we cheaper. have better paper. And it's no, like, yeah, the cheaper one it. feels nicer though. You like a good flop. What is hilarious is that I knew that working at a bookstore, like right. things like that were just general Super knowledge. Obvious. Right. They're better now. We fixed them. We switched the trim and we use the floppier paper now. So they're nice. Yeah, it's true. And it's cheaper. That's what I can't get over. And it's cheaper. Yeah. That's the best part. I know. We weren't even saving money. Sometimes corporate America makes mistakes. I mean, a lot of the time. So many Well times. said. <laughs> uh, we have some really great listener letters to get to. I would like to start with uh, one that we missed last week. Shannon wrote back to us. If you don't remember, Shannon is the one who was a very suspicious when she was 14 uh, that one of the boys in her class was a vampire and that he could read minds. She wrote <laughs> in with further information, which I really, really love. She said, 
I would like to also include the fact that I live in Ireland, which is basically raining every day. Benjamin and his sister were both really pale and had dark hair, and they were both really quiet and rarely talked to anybody. Damn. I remember the main moment I was like, yes, this is a vampire in front of me. I was sitting by my locker waiting for class to start, and another boy in my ear threw a ball at Benjamin from across the hall, and Benjamin literally jumped up onto the radiator and did a little flip to catch the ball in midair. <gasps> I truly thought I was watching Emmett Cullen or something. I'm crying, laughing, remembering this. I can't believe I'm 24 talking about this. I'm obsessed with that. Yes. Oh my God, he probably was a vampire. Can you imagine being a 14-year-old vampire? Can you imagine if vampires are real and they're most like the Stephanie Meyer vampires? (laughs) (laughs) I also was just imagining this 14-year-old who could read Shannon's mind being like, oh no, my cover is blown. Um... And I just remembered again that I'm watching What We Do in the Shadows and there's a scene where somebody makes a joke about them being vampires and they decide to kill this man who has (laughs) made a joke about them being vampires. But they're like, oh no, our cover is blown. Um, Shannon, Shannon, I'm glad you're alive. What if Ben had a crush on you too? And he was like, but she knows my secret, so I must (laughs) go. If only I had hidden my powers, but I was too driven to show her my true self. Oh my god, that's so romantic. Yeah, actually, this tracks because remember they mysteriously left school one day and never came back? Exactly. Oh my god. He pulled in Edward. He was like, I can't be in her life anymore. Except he succeeded (laughs) online. Ooh, ouch. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have, uh, what am I going to pick? I'm going to pick No Subject from Tora. Tora, (laughs) am I saying that way off? Tura? It's T-U-R-A. Tora? I almost pronounced T as Tor, which um, was not right. definitely not correct. <laughs> Did you know that somebody, I want to say it was Albert Einstein, but it might not have been him, wanted us to pronounce all of the letters as if they rhyme with like B and C and so on and so forth? I don't get it. So like Q would be like key. B, C, Lee. Oh my god, I hate that. I think that would be worse because it's already too hard to distinguish if someone's saying B or D. Yeah, exactly. And that would just be every letter would be impossible to tell apart and then they would be useless. See, right now, listeners are probably like, yeah, which one was that? Yeah, what what letters are they talking about? (laughs) I don't even know. So, Tora says, hello, ladies. Hello, Tora. Hi. I'm only on episode nine. Episode nine, that's not only your day great. so fucking far. I haven't wow. listened to that many. Double digits. <laughs> well, you lived them, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone has already said this, forgive me. Tora, there's nothing to forgive. When you were talking, oh, and because Tora is like not caught up yet, I love to think that she's going to like, you know, get here in a few weeks and be like, it's me. (laughs) It's fun. Okay, anyway, if someone's already said this, forgive me. When you were talking about Bella not having a job, I remember reading that she worked at Mike's dad's store. Um, We got there. In Fifty Shades, Anna works at a hardware store too. I did not know that. So we did get there, but I did not, I have never read Fifty Shades. Same. Um, And I did not know that Anna works at a hardware store. What a start. Shit, like, Wait, shit, should we read Fifty Shades of Grey? We'll get there. You know, if we're still going strong after we're done with Twilight, I am prepared to read Fifty Shades Damn. I mean, it only makes sense. I think that we should do High School Musical. Because that would also be fun. Yeah, it fits that exact Twilight category of like a thing that everybody loved and then became completely reviled. 
Um, and also, That's what, true. there are like three of them, four. And then we would watch it's the show. I mean, the show is awesome. I didn't finish it, but I really enjoyed what I watched. Anyway, um, I was definitely more on the werewolf side of the books, which means Team Jacob loved the other Cullens, just not Edward. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I even have a wolf print tattoo on my leg. And then she sent a great photo it's of so this cute. badass tattoo. I always forget that Olivia has a massive tattoo of an octopus. I do. And I have two so tattoos. it's so fucking hardcore. Yeah. It's very large and nobody sees it because it's on my back. Uh, and then she says, I actually ship Jacob or Leah or anyone else over the baby. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Great of course. opinion. Yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> Correct. Agreed. She loves our collective perspectives on the series, and there's a fan fiction that she can remember. It's called Wide Awake. Uh, Edward and Bella are both human, but, like, very damaged. And she actually liked Edward in that story. And if she could pick any Cullen couple to double date with, listeners, thank you for continuing to write in and answer this question. It would be Alice and Jasper, because Jasper could keep her husband's social anxiety controlled, and everybody would have so much fun. Well, she said he would have so much fun, but I think they'd all have a great time. Well, it's very nice that she's concerned with everybody having fun. That's lovely. Yeah. I would like to read from Kristen's email, which I'm just going to read part of. She said she's currently reading the book Thick, just F-I-C as in fanfic, by Anne Jameson, which is about fan fiction in general, and there's a significant section in the middle dedicated to Twilight. (gasps) There's also extensive interviews from fan fiction writers and members of fandom. She highly recommends it to anyone interested in the concept of fanfic. It's nonfiction? It is nonfiction about fan fiction. (laughs) That sounds so cool. I would love to read that. Plus, I'm really into, like, I don't know, just what fan fiction is as like a concept and like as mm-hmm. a piece of how people interact with fandom and writing. It looks really cool too. I'm looking at just the Google Books page and some of the excerpted pages are like email excerpts and like forum posts and chats in between people like talking about fic or planning or whatever. And that's really cool. It like takes you back. Wow. Maybe we should read that book there's so much supplemental reading to be done on this <laughs> podcast there's like the bible there's like pages and pages of stephanie meyer's website that i haven't read yet there's the whole illustrated guide which um segues nicely to cj just like telling us everything that's in the guide that we need to know saving us so much time can we just have cj just i don't know read the book for, like to us CJ is working on it. So CJ's newest update from the guide relates to, actually this works well because they are just caught up to Harry's death in the last chapter. Oh, dope. Well, not, not, not dope that Harry's died. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) That's awful. So what it's about is basically just like more on Leah's perspective Um, And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it really gets you into Leah's point of view about, you know, she, like, just lost her dad, and she, like, keeps finding herself angry, which gives more credence to what Olivia was saying, like, three or four episodes ago, how it's kind of messed up, how the wolves are so tied to their anger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and privately she worried about this change in her nature and wondered if she needed counseling or medication 
it's rare to see a Twilight character um, actually take the idea of counseling seriously, so good on Leah. Before she had time to think it over more, she phased for the first time. She was arguing with her mother about her mood swings, and her father joined the conversation in support of her mother. Leah was so angry that her whole body started shaking, and then she exploded into a werewolf in their small living room. So, like, everybody's phasing at home. (laughs) And then it gets really messed up. However, the shock of Leah phasing triggered her father's fatal heart attack. That's so Harry sad. was aware of the reality of werewolves and expected to someday deal with that issue with Seth, but he was so secure in his belief that only male ancestors had the potential to phase that he missed the signs with Leah. He was completely shocked. So Aww. this is already two stories of wolves, just like natural situation, hurting or killing their loved ones, which is not something that we've dealt with with the vampires, no. which are much more directly related to human murder than a werewolf. Yes. <laughs> like, vampires necessarily have to murder humans in most mythologies, and werewolves do not necessarily have to murder humans. And they, they've already been, like, so much more violent. Destructive. Destructive, yeah, what is that? And it's interesting because both sides are like, no. Bella, they're too dangerous. And we kind of like call for Bella to really sit with that idea and think about the fact that she could die from this. And in neither case she does, but surprisingly enough, it is the vampires that kind of have a point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that really makes no sense. I mean, I can sort of see it as, I don't know, trying to make the werewolves seem as important Mm -hmm. as the vampires. And maybe the only way Stephanie knows how to do that is to... Is to, write, is to show how dangerous they are. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if they weren't dangerous, then why would we really care yeah. about oh, them? Cool. Yeah, whatever. Chill. <laughs> it's true. There's something appealing about the thing that also is appalling. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I took that language from the Kirkus review of Twilight. That's just like a random journal that reviews all of the books. Yeah, TBH, they're really problematic, and they're always doing messy things these days. But they're the journal. I mean, there's a few, but they're one of the journals that, like, everybody pays attention to. And now that you've heard of them, you will see all the quotes on the backs of books that are from Kirkus. Yeah, Yeah. and they're notoriously hard to impress for a variety of reasons. But Mm -hmm. so we looked up the review of Twilight, and it was pretty spot on, honestly. Turns out... (laughs) Some short excerpts. Sun-loving Bella meets her demon lover in a vampire tale. Okay, well, that's inaccurate. I know, that's inaccurate, but... (laughs) The rest of it. His behavior toward Bella wavers wildly between apparent distaste and seductive flirtation. Accurate. Bella learns Edward's appalling and appealing secret. He and his family (laughs) are vampires. That is so accurate. It's true, genius it perfectly captures the dichotomy of twilight it's like like you could murder her but she's and you like it (laughs) yeah like it's gross but like love (laughs) (laughs) listeners i ran across the idea to look up that review because i googled publishers weekly twilight to find 
uh, a Midnight Sun article that I read this week, and then I found the publisher's weekly original review of Twilight, which we really should also dig into another time. But there was a lot of really interesting stuff in this Midnight Sun article, so I just want to, like, you know, just bring out some highlights for you guys. Tell me about it. I didn't read it. You don't read your daily industry newsletter, Melissa? Absolutely not. Can you believe I actually do now? I skim. And you can bet I clicked on this article about Stephanie Meyer. I used to read approximately half of them until the time I was telling Olivia, like, who could read the deal announcements every day? And Olivia was like, I do it. Just, you know, I just skip when they get the picture books and I stop there. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Mm, that if I Olivia do. does it, then I should probably be doing it. Olivia Damn. makes good choices. I only started doing that like a year ago, maybe even less. Anyways, this article. Okay. So first interesting thing is that the Twilight Saga has sold nearly 160 million copies worldwide. So at first I was like, okay, whatever. And then I actually thought about the number 160 right. million. Million. Big. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of books. Like, whoa. Okay, so Midnight Sun's initial print run is 1 million copies in hardcover. Guys, the announced first print is often a lie. So it's a lie. <laughs> I have no idea what it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, 500,000, and they're like, oh, Announced yay. first print is just an attempt to be, like, guys, we're gonna sell so many, and we're not calling out Stephanie's publisher. This is across the industry. Yeah. I do not know how we make up this number, but it's not the number that we literally print. Despite the fact that in the name, it's, like, this is what and we'll print. <laughs> called the print run. Yeah. Okay. And then after that, it got really interesting to me. Hachette CEO Michael Petsch disclosed that pre-orders for Midnight Sun were the largest in HPG's, so Hachette Book Group's, history. That's wild. That's wild. That includes their adult division, right? Yeah. Okay, I need need some comparisons here. What are are some of their other big books? (sighs) Okay, well, we know what's going on, but we don't know that much what's going on. But, like, you know, this book is 15 years late. And it has the most pre-orders in this company's history. Okay, I love Twilight. Also, people are bored. True. True. And then if you scroll down in the article, people that are going to Stephanie Meyer's, like, (gasps) in-person events, the... I love this. Drive-in events, as part of their swag bag, they are getting a Twilight mask that says, Be Safe in the Edward's <laughs> handwriting script. Oh my book. god. And it's got like a pomegranate on yeah, it. Yeah, they want one. Someone get me one. Also, based on this article, Steffi is being very cautious. She decided not to attend. Well, she might not be allowed, honestly, to go into, it's in Connecticut, right? The East Coast one. So she will be attending her own book launch virtually and only attending the West Coast one in person. And, you know, she's, like, trying to tell people to all be careful and stay in their cars, and it all seems pretty above board. Yeah, and it's sold out, even, like, with everything going on. They're both sold out. And then the online open event, there's one that's closed and there's one that's open. Um, The open one is on Friday, the... Barnes & Noble will sponsor a free virtual event that will be accessible on their social media platforms on August 14th. The 14th. 
Yeah. And then the Books a Million one is the one where if you buy a book through Books a Million, you can get in through there. That is also sold out. Yeah. And she's actually doing a third that isn't in this. But if you entered her contest to, you know, like spend a night in your favorite bookstore, those people that didn't win are going to get their own virtual event as well. Which now, as like a Twilight journalist, I really regret not entering. Yeah. So listeners, if any of you entered and could like get us that link or sign in info <laughs> or whatever, we really want to attend. Really I want a bootleg. Didn't you enter, is that the one that you entered by writing an essay about why you love your local bookstore? Yeah. Is that precious? It's so cute. I would not be surprised if she got paid like $3 million for this book. Actually, you know what? Okay. So listeners, way back when Stephanie signed a contract for Midnight Sun, and then she decided to pull the book. At that time, who knows if she had to repay her advance or if Achette was like, we're not going to deal with this. Like, fine. Whatever. Just canceled. Yeah. If she had tried to re-sign the book up now, she could probably get way more money for it. That's funny. Totally. That would be hilarious if somebody was like, um, excuse me, we already have this under contract. So just go write it now, please. Uh, I recently found out that we have a book under contract with an absolutely massive author that I will put in the chat instead of naming. Um, <laughs> and every few years, we just move the book out another few years. Like, maybe. <laughs> because this person never delivers the book. Wow. I really want to wow. know. I'm typing it. <laughs> typing very slowly. Oh, wow. Oh. Don't you want to read that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. When All I right. saw it, I spoke to my boss and I was like, is this coming in? And he was like, probably not. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh man. But now I'm disappointed. Oh, sorry. All right, enough trade secrets. New moon. <laughs> it is Olivia's turn. Oh God. All right, it's my turn for a recap. Oh uh, yeah. I've come to dread my recap weeks. Good. I, that was the point. So much pressure. If you don't want to grade, I w- I'm going to grade you in emojis anyway. So, Aww, that's, unless I want to give nice. you a number, we'll just see what happens. I'm, I'm taking notes. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Melissa will grade me very fairly. Okay, <laughs> so we read two chapters, chapter 17 and 18. We start, of course, with Alice in the living room, which we knew was coming from last week. We didn't know who, though. But, well, I mean, we knew, but we didn't know I as know, a reader I mean, that it was Alice. Right. We know it's we know it's a Cullen. <laughs> we find out that it's Alice. She is very, very surprised to see Bella. And we realize that it's because she thought that Bella was dead. Mm, plot twist. Alice <laughs> saw Bella jumping off of the cliff and kind of understandably thought that Bella was trying to kill herself and that she had succeeded. So they're both very, very happy to see each other, but Alice is sort of apprehensive about being there because she knows Edward wouldn't be happy about it. Edward does not know that she was there. She learns about Jacob being a werewolf, which she didn't know before. And Bella immediately is very worried that Alice is going to leave. She's this really intense mix of happy and scared of Alice leaving again. Sad. Yeah. And she gets the update on all of the Cullens. So she learns sort of where everybody has been. Alice has been in Denali, visiting Tanya's family with most of the Collins, but not Edward. And 
while Bella takes a nap, she hears Alice talking to Charlie, getting the update on how Bella has been. And mm. Charlie makes this really heartbreaking speech about how scared he was for Bella. And Bella finally feels really sad that she put Charlie through so much. And it's like very sweet Charlie-Alice interaction for once. And it takes a while, but she does learn that Edward was recently in South America. So he's been sort of on the run and not in touch with the rest of the Cullens. And then Jacob comes back. And this is when Bella realizes that Jacob and Alice are completely at odds and refuse to spend time with each other or like each other or make any effort, even though they're both Bella's best friends. (laughs) Um, It's really sad. (laughs) And Bella blames herself for all of this going wrong, which we will get into. Classic. And suddenly... Jacob and Bella almost, almost, maybe, are gonna kiss. And then the phone rings, and it's the infamous phone call where Jacob tells somebody on the phone that Charlie is at the funeral. And Alice immediately comes storming back in. Bella thought it was Carlisle on the phone, but really it was Edward. And suddenly, Edward thinks that Bella has already killed herself and is off to Italy to Romeo and Juliet, this bitch, and <laughs> and so Alice and Bella fly into a frenzy, and by the end of the chapter, they have decided that they're on their way to Italy. Damn. That must be why we had to learn so much about Romeo and Juliet throughout this book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It all comes together. I give you, you know what? I am going to give you a number as well as an emoji. I think it's a seven because you didn't leave anything out. You got good stuff in there, but you know, it did lack pizzazz. So the emoji that I feel best captures that is the kind of like content emoji. (laughs) You know, not overjoyed. That is not exciting. But not upset. (laughs) Just good. I was going to give you a six. It's very accurate. But, yeah, I was just like, hmm. It was just, like, information relayed. You know, it was like, um, you have really good technical skills, but where is the the heart in the art, you know? <laughs> like, where's the emotion? What does she say? In, what do they say in this about Edward's theatrical side? Where's your theatrical side? I don't have one of those, okay? <laughs> oh, I don't know why you want me to be somebody that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Still a six, but well, you know what? That's what school is. They grade you by metrics that don't necessarily fit who you are. Oh, I was gonna say that's why I did so well in school because they did grade me by metrics that I happened to be good at. Wow. We're making a lot of insights today. My first B in my whole school career was in fourth grade for handwriting. I cannot believe you fucking remember that. I can't believe you got B's in LA. Of course school. I remember it because it was Instead my like first checks. B. It was traumatic. Oh my God. <laughs> we would get like okay, B's. Like you exceeded expectations. Right. We didn't get I actual like, grades. I feel like I got grades starting in probably like, I don't know, second or third grade. <laughs> oh, this country is wild. So. 
All right. I have to uh, make an embarrassing confession that I remember about this chapter, which is that the first time I read this, okay, so again, I read the first three books, I think, in rapid succession, like just all Mm -hmm. of them, because they were all already out. I remember specifically when I first read this chapter, I could not place the name Alice. I was like, am I supposed to know who Alice is? Like, what the Get fuck? Get out! Someone from her life in Phoenix? That is wild. And I think it was because there was just, like, this such a long-ass stretch right. of no Cullens. And I do feel like at this point, I don't know, like, we all obsess over Alice and we all love Alice, but in the books... She's not there. She kind of, like, claims to be Bella's friend, and then there's, like, little actual interaction between them. Right. That comes through so strongly in these two chapters, and I can't wait yeah. to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. So, it took me a second to be like, wait. That is hilarious. You were living in the world of the book because Bella's like, I did it, in it happen? And you're like, <laughs> that didn't happen. Who is this person? <laughs> I love that though, because it is a perfect representation of how, you know, we all have these like ideas of who these characters are, but it's not based on any actual information that Stephanie has given us. <laughs> and I think that just personifies it perfectly like you just you just couldn't even remember who this fucking person could be which one is alice (laughs) (laughs) wow i've been reading very quickly like it's extremely set up that it's a cullen like i don't know right i mean i do remember speeding through these chapters because this is where it finally all comes together and you're like shit i think we're gonna see edward soon I right. know I just wanted to get to that part so like right. yes I definitely remember barely reading this chapter it really captures the true meaning of the phrase page turner you're like oh my god keep going keep going like, I gotta get there. <laughs> like I, I can't even bother actually reading what's on the page I have to I have to move forward <laughs> just yeah. kind of look at it and move yeah. on <laughs> like all right got it <laughs> so I want to talk about how Alice is described here dope one I locked my arms around her, gasping to inhale as much of the scent of her skin as possible. That's ah. gross. <laughs> I wrote ew. I wrote ew. <laughs> Two. Alice, at first, is... Her voice has a strange mingling of relief and confusion. And then Bella is overcome with joy. She's so happy to see Alice. Mm-hmm. She's, like, crying. And Alice is just like, it's okay, Bella. Everything's okay. Maybe that's why I was so confused, because it was like, of course she's happy to see Alice, but when I was really in it, having spent all this time with no Cullens, and even at the very beginning of this book, like, yeah, she's friends with Alice, but there's not, like, this level of intensity between them. Although, I don't think that, okay, so the intensity is there on Bella's side, but not and you could read this line, it's okay, Bella, everything's okay, it's like, it's okay, Bella, everything's okay. Or it's like, it's okay, Bella, everything's okay. Pat, 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 pat. Like, it could really go either way. And then Bella's like, yes! Then Alice sighed. I'd forgotten how exuberant you are, she said, and her tone was disapproving. Yeah, Alice. back with your best friend. Yeah, back from the dead to each other. Like, both of you considered the other person dead. Also, I would never describe Bella as exuberant. No. <laughs> Ever. Do they even know each other? Do they know each other? 
Alice always seemed very, I don't know, like pleased and being like, wow, Bella's such a cute little puppy. I'm so happy that Bella's such an emotive human. And that's how we view Alice. Right. Like we view Alice as this little pixie, like whimsical girl. And like here she is being disapproving of. She's like a school marm. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I was like, what the fuck? Then, okay, so Bella can tell that Alice is thirsty. So, you know, that can explain a little bit why she's crabby, but it really doesn't capture. Like, you would think there would be some more emotion on Alice's side. Right. And Alice is like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't let myself get so thirsty, but I was in a hurry today. The look she directed at me then was a glare. Alice is pissed. Why why are you mad about this? Yeah. Yeah, Like, Like, Bella's alive. Bare minimum, Enjoyed even it. if you don't understand what's going on, why aren't you happy about that? Right, because right. immediately after she glares, she says, speaking of which, would you like to explain to me how you're alive? Like, why is she mad about it? She was so overcome that she flew immediately to Forks. Right, right. But then when she finds out that it wasn't actually true... She's, like, upset. Yeah. Well, the reason she's upset, Bella says, you saw me fall. No, she disagreed, her eyes narrowing. I saw you jump. So Alice is pissed because she thinks Bella tried to die by suicide. But like, right. it is totally fair to feel whatever you're going to feel in a situation like that. But like, nobody makes that choice on a fun lurk, you know? Right. It's not fair to be upset with the person. Right. Yeah, be mad at the situation, but don't take it out on Bella. Right. 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 Like, if you think she really jumped off a cliff to end her life, you should not then express rage when you see her for the first time. Person. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to bring up how quickly. So, Alice just says, Would you like to explain how you're alive? And Bella immediately puts everything together. Oh, yeah. That brought me up short and stopped the sobs. I realized what must have happened immediately and why Alice was here. This is again. Bella's superpower should be putting together information. <laughs> she should go into the FBI. Yeah, I would never have put that together so fast. I would have been like, what? Like, no, I didn't actually die in the wall. Like, I, I got saved. I'm not dead, but here I am. But she's immediately like, oh, you saw me fall. I would be really upset if I were Bella because you think initially, oh my god, my best friend is back to visit me. Right. <laughs> She's only here because she thinks that I died. Yeah. I'd be like, what the heck? So you don't care. Okay. That is my secret fantasy is that, you know, like when I die prematurely, you know, then all of a sudden all the people who wronged me in my life are very emotional about it. And they all come back and they're like, wow, we we should have done something sooner. We miss her. Except for your ex-boyfriend who kills himself. Right. Right. Well, yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, as a gift to you, when you die, I'm going to throw myself upon the casket with heaving (laughs) sobs. I'm going to tear at my hair and clothing. I'm going to go, why? Oh, God, I should have told her more about her things. Okay. Yes, thank you. Yes, I do want that. Besides the fact that we're supposed to die at the same time, Maya, we have oh, a pact. Fuck, I forgot. Yeah, you have a pact. Yeah, we're gonna die together. Yeah, we have a pact. <laughs> I would be offended, except that I don't want to be in that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. So, 
Maya, could you preemptively hire someone to do that? I mean, I could just do it for, like, your birthday or something one year. Like, you're alive, okay. and I just kind of, like, throw myself next to you and <laughs> shout. You think that I'm dead because I jumped off of a cliff recreationally. I know you would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> and you come flying home, and you're like, Melissa! You appropriately are distraught in the way that Alice is not here. And then when you see me alive and breathing again, you can't contain yourself. Maybe like the more reasonable way to do this is one day, if we're like both home for the holidays, listeners, we're both from the Cincinnati area. Yeah, we are. If your family is annoying you, I can just like kind of come over and be like, Melissa, I haven't seen you in so long and I didn't fully appreciate you when I had you. <laughs> this is in a distant future when we see each other in person. Yeah, it's yes. next Christmas. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen you in person since March, no, but whatever. Okay, and then what happens after that? Oh, and then Alice says, I wasn't keeping tabs on you. I swear, Bella. It's just that I'm already attuned to you. Another hurtful thing yeah. to say. <laughs> like, Bella, I promise I wasn't interested in what you were up to. <laughs> yeah, like, get out. <laughs> this actually does make me wonder how she thinks the sort of breakup with Edward went. Like, I can imagine Edward not being fully honest with how it went down and I don't know implying that it was more mutual I don't think that that would work just because there's a chance that Alice saw the breakup right 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 and they wouldn't have had to leave like the only reason for them to all pack up and leave is for it to be a really dramatic breakup can you imagine like moving for I mean I know he's literally not a teenager but like for your teenage son's breakup like Fuck no it's like so epically dramatic oh uh, what a dream <laughs> Edward says to Alice don't be looking for her future either we've done enough damage what is Alice just like yeah you're right knowing what's gonna happen <laughs> gonna do to Bella yeah to the question of how did he explain it to the family it's easy to be like, look, Jasper almost killed her. That's messed up. It's not safe. We need to not be around anymore. True. How how do you, like, pin that then on Alice? Right. Right. Don't look for her future. I mean, I guess he would argue that she would do this, but, like, actually, she didn't do this until it was too late and Bella was theoretically already dead. And right. Alice actually said, I told him this would happen, but he didn't believe me. Bella promised. So Alice said, apparently, to Edward, Bella's going to kill herself if you break up with her. Oh. Yeah. That's wild. Oh. Also, speaking of, like, we've done enough damage, one of the New Moon outtakes, thank you for the link, CJ, is Bella wins a scholarship. Oh, yeah, I remember this. And it's, like, clearly just money that Edward is trying to give her. Yes. And yes. so she goes to the bank and they're like, do you want to see your account balance? And she's like, okay. And it's like way more money than it should be. And she's like, I know what this is. Tell them I don't want it. And they're like, uh, it doesn't really work that way. And she like gets a letter that's like, yeah, so you're going to be getting like $10,000 a month every month forever. It's a scholarship. And she's like, I no, don't not. want it. 
it. And they, she like closes her bank account. So then it starts coming in cash and she drives it to the Cullen's house and throws it and it goes through the front yeah. window. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly a great scene. Um, I completely understand why it was cut from uh, Final Book. Yeah, it does not fit uh, the rest of the tone of the book. But as an outtake, I love it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I love that it was like a Harry Potter, Hogwarts letter type of thing. Like, the money <laughs> has to get to you. How It's like, it comes shooting yeah. like through her mail slot. <laughs> And she's like, okay, how did they find out about me? And they're like, they go through people who were rejected from other scholarships, and they were just so impressed with you. And this is such an amazing accomplishment, because, you know, they don't do this every year. And if I were Bella, I'd be like, "Mm, I'm like an A-B student (laughs) with no extracurriculars and no interests. Sounds fishy. So. But, like, this is when I look for fan fiction, like, Things like this outtake were what I was looking for, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so Alice is also, to be fair, very confused about how she could be wrong. Right. I think that is also part of her grumpiness because she has seen Bella disappear into the water and not come out. So she is super confused. Because she's usually much more reliable than that, right? Even though her vision's... Even though she's not. Yeah, even though she's not. But it is like... She seems a lot more confident when it's immediate things. Okay. You know, the ballet studio was like, this is happening. I don't know how, but like, this is, this is happening because this is in like half an hour in the future. And this was probably half an hour in the future. And she was like, oh no, this is actually happening. She also Um, seems to have, I'm going to call it post-cognition, but she seems to have a sense of like, if something did occur or not. What ended up being reality. Because like, she sees options. Interesting. It just seems implied that she, like, knows what happened. It's kind of true. Interesting. I've never thought about that. And she doesn't know at this point that she can't see Jacob. I just think life would be so confusing. I would forget everything and never be able to keep track. Right, like, what happened and what didn't happen? I guess her, maybe her visions have enough quality to them that she can distinguish a vision from a memory for herself but then how do you keep track of what actually ended up right I kind of always envisioned it being like when you're dreaming you know dreams are always very clear like when you first wake up but then you literally forget them entirely right that's kind of how I imagined it it might also just be her like vampire brain you know right she can hold on to all eventualities infinitely because the vampires in these books (laughs) are overpowered god damn what are we talking about you're so right (laughs) um so bella tells her that she was saved by her friend jacob and at first she's very vague and is like he's strong and (laughs) (laughs) then she realizes like well werewolves clearly know about the vampires does alice know about the werewolves i don't know and she decides to tell the truth and says see well he's sort of a werewolf (laughs) (laughs) beautiful (laughs) sort of a werewolf i love it Alice is like, oh, real, really? Okay, are you sure? <laughs> so she knows about the werewolves. And they talk about the smell. The smell yeah, is the important. Yeah, the stupid smell. And she knows that they exist, but she doesn't really know that they're around now. She doesn't seem to know that she can't see visions that happen around the wolves before this. Um, and she's immediately like, ew, werewolves. 
this is bad. <laughs> She's also very much, like, everything she knows about werewolves is kind of like what the wolves know about vampires. Like, the broad strokes, they're really dangerous, avoid at all costs. She's like, right. a young werewolf, that's even worse. Edward was right, you're a magnet for danger. And right. Bella says, there's nothing wrong with werewolves. And she goes, until they lose their tempers. She has all the prejudices and, like, none of the actual in-person knowledge about what werewolves are like. Right. And at some point, she answers whether she was here when Carlisle came, right? Yeah, she says, I hadn't found him yet. Right, right. So she only knows sort of hearsay, which doesn't make sense because you'd think that what she would have heard would have been from Carlisle, who is very reasonable and kind. Right. And he would have been like, they're just werewolves. Calm down. (laughs) Right. And... Interestingly, so Alice is like, okay, so you find the first monsters you can when the vampires leave town, and Bella's like, oh, the vampires didn't leave. Like, (laughs) Victoria, Laurent, and Alice is like, record scratch. What? Wicka, wicka, wicka! And I wonder why, even though, like, nobody made a decision, why Alice didn't see Bella and Laurent in the meadow. Yeah, this right. This is a true plot hole to that me. It doesn't make sense. Because yeah. uh, like we discovered earlier in this book, nothing actually changed with the Victoria situation. Bella just sort of remembered right. that Victoria was still around. And it seems not very Cullen-like to just sort of forget that that might become a problem. Well, Edward's hunting Victoria. That's like Edward's arrogance because they know that she's incredibly slippery and he's like, oh, I can handle it. Right. Like, there's no way. I think later he says, like, I couldn't have known that she would go after you. How could we have not known that? That's so That I just had to get her to get her. That's just underestimation of a woman as a mate. (laughs) I mean, well, yes. Don't you think, like, it would be so obvious to Edward that James would avenge Victoria, I feel like. Yeah. Right, but it just really speaks, I don't know, that one, he wasn't communicating with Alice, like, hey, do you see anything about Victoria, the person who I've now devoted my life to finding? It's just, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it does not make sense. It doesn't track. And I actually want to rescind an earlier statement that no one made a decision because Bella makes lots of tiny decisions in that exchange. She, like, decides not to run. Maybe the explanation is, like, the wolves were too close since Mm. they were in the the woods. That's true. Mm, That's true. Yeah, yeah. But, like, then it gets into, like, how close. That's legit. Right. Right, but they still saw her jump off the cliff and... she just didn't see Jacob himself in the water. Yeah, why didn't she see Victoria in the water, too? Right, but she didn't see, she also doesn't seem to have seen Bella emerge from the water because she was with Jacob. Yeah. So Bella is definitely also obscured to her when she's literally with Jacob, but again, is there a geographical radius here or what? Yo, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't accept these rules because there are none. <laughs> Bella gives Alice the lowdown on what she's been up to. She says, I skipped the motorcycles and the voices, which, um, good choice, Bella. Nobody wants to hear that. And then Alice is like, our leaving didn't do you any good at all, did it? And it is really shocking to me that Alice would be convinced that 
leaving Bella would serve her in some way. There is the obvious of, like, she's less likely to get murdered by Jasper, but also Alice is married to Jasper and, like, believes in him and is like, you can do it, honey. Well, I guess I could see, you know, being like, well, she's a human. Like, she'll get over this. If this is what Edward wants, like, I'm sure Bella will recover. But again, if Alice can see a lot of futures, how many of them... I mean, we did kind of go into this when we talked about last week about Romeo and Juliet, about how, like, Juliet would have eventually forgotten about Romeo. But Bella is not Juliet. Right. Bella is a whole other thing. But true, but she is still a 17-year-old girl. And there is some, like, oh, okay, well, you literally have only been alive 17 years. Like, I can see this argument of, Okay, just, like, give it a few years. She'll probably be fine. (laughs) She'll probably be fine. Yeah. At the same time, Alice, during all of this, always expected that they would go back. Right. True. And so it's like, what? If you did think that leaving was better for her, in that case, why would you be looking forward to coming back eventually? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. At which point, leaving would only harm. Like, if you're eventually going to end up in the same place that you were... The act of leaving doesn't serve anything but to temporarily harm. At least not the way that it happened. Well, yeah. Like, could Bella have benefited from going to college? Maybe. But the way the whole thing went down, it was clearly a traumatic experience. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, I was going to say, even after Alice gets over her confusion, she doesn't, like, warm up very much at all. Like, it's Mm -hmm. a very weird, tense relationship between them. Alice is like, okay, fine, I won't go anywhere since you're being so weird about it. She's like, you look like hell. And Bella's like, yeah, I drowned. And then she goes, I'm doing my best. And Alice says, what do you mean? It hasn't been easy. I'm working on it. And I like that Bella kind of stood up for herself a little bit there. Yeah. Got a little prickly. Like, hey, I'm trying. What do you want? (laughs) Yeah. You didn't care before. So maybe you shouldn't be judging me now. Yeah, then Jake calls, and he's like, just making sure you're still alive. And he's a total jerk about rude. it, and he hangs up on her. He's so an nobody's asshole. nobody's being nice to Bella. Totally rude. For no reason. And she just had a traumatic experience <laughs> today. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's no reason to be mean to her at all. And then today especially, she drowned. She drowned. And Harry Clearwaters died. Yeah, yeah. within, like, the last and hour. And Alice suddenly showed up. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And Bella invites her to stay, and she says, I have a house, Bella. What? Like, what does Alice get out of this? I don't know. And then she finally agrees, says she'll go pick up some clothes, and is like, I don't know, are you even gonna stay out of trouble for one hour? And then looks into the future, and is like, yeah, you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Except now we know that she's unreliable. Jacob can just show up whenever. Which, guess what, is exactly what happens yeah first she does come back and bella gets her first info about edward alice hasn't really talked about it too much um but here she reveals that he is not with them he's not spending time with them he checks in every few months i mean it's only that the collins are in denali it's only been a few months (laughs) it's been like six months maybe they act like it's been years (laughs) he's checked in twice yeah (laughs) And then Charlie comes home and Bella, for once, is an empathetic person and knows that Charlie's needs are 
very important and that he just found out about his very good friend dying yeah. and so sorry that Harry's dead and I was proud of her yeah she me too did, she I was also good. proud of her I was like wow <laughs> I was very distracted I'm proud that she remembered that the first thing that she needed right. to say was Charlie was I'm sorry about Harry right yeah I thought she was gonna be like oh my god dad you're never <laughs> gonna believe this she got it together she really pivoted and empathized I was also proud of her yeah good job Bella <laughs> and Alice plays her role so well she's like hi Charlie she said in a <laughs> subdued voice I'm sorry I came at such a bad time and Charlie's like so surprised and kind of incredulous about what he's seeing fair and she just like plays it off oh I was in the neighborhood <laughs> and really like doubles down like I know this is just horrible horrible timing like do you need anything Alice is like exactly the kind of person that you would think you want your daughter to be friends with and then when Alice is alone with Bella she's really mean to her Alice <laughs> is a mean girl she's a bully oh not my Alice <laughs> yeah not the Alice that we've created in our head based on no actual information yeah so <laughs> Bella goes to take a nap and doesn't want to and she says it didn't make sense for me to be tired what with crashing on Jacob's couch all day but drowning really had taken a lot of <laughs> imagine that sleeping earlier does not matter you just almost drowned obviously you're extremely tired Girl, all I did today was work on editing a book, and I, like, cannot stay awake. <laughs> so this is where she eavesdrops on Charlie and Alice's conversation, which she gets a lot out of. Which is a moment I love. I love this. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't really have much to, like, explain <laughs> it, only in that this was also a scenario that I would really hope to happen for me someday, you know, where I'm just like, ugh. I'm just too tired because I almost drowned. And then, but like, you're still like aware enough that you can hear people talking about the hard times that you've had, you know? Can I psychoanalyze you? Yeah. Why is it that- It psychoanalyzes herself. <laughs> it's like you need to overhear people talking yeah. to each other or where you're not there because yeah. does that mean that you don't believe people when they say it to your face? Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> there be, guys. You should do it. <laughs> <laughs> to continue the psychoanalysis, I think part of it is perhaps the not believing, but another part, I think, is, oh, they think about me when I'm not a Oh, 100%. Right. Yeah, yeah sure, that's obvious. Yes, totally. But, like, you know, if they're talking to each other about it when I'm not even around, then you know that's gotta be true. That is true, yeah. Yeah. Charlie reveals that they tried to get Renee to come take her to Florida because he thought that Bella would be happier in Florida. Oh yeah, we get all these like tidbits about how Bella actually was like in the chapters that we just- That we missed, yeah. You see, and... that's fan fiction I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Read so much of that stuff. And Bella just freaked out and said that she didn't want to leave. And it was the first time that she cried, which is definitely messed up. Whew, not a great sign either. No, not a good sign. Ooh, okay. Do you want to know what I want fan fiction of? Yes. Renee's experience of this. Like, she's back at the little house that she probably, like, Bella says that she put her foot down about going back to Forks when she was maybe 12. So let's say Renee drove her to Forks until she was 12. Although, realistically, I would think they probably met in the middle. Um, But, like, Renee hasn't been in this house 
for years and it's a house that she left behind and Bella's room is almost exactly as she left it but Bella is so different and she's with her ex-husband and like looking at the walls where their wedding photos are still up wow that would be so weird yeah and Bella spent like one year there and it's like messed up yeah I mean I'm sure Renee does not have a continuing good impression of forks because of this no, yeah, definitely. this reinforces everything that she already thinks. <laughs> then Charlie gets really like weirdly aggressive. Um, he's like, "Yeah, you know, Jacob really helped her turn things around, though. He's like really good for her, and you know what? He's a good-looking kid too. He takes out for <laughs> his mom's side." I was like, "Wow, well, fucking threw Billy under the bus." <laughs> I was like, Being he weird, he thinks Billy's ugly. Yeah, <laughs> Alice says. Then it's good she has him. And immediately, Charlie sighed out a big gust of air, folding quickly to the lack of opposition. Okay, I guess that's sort of overstating things. I don't know. So he, like, doesn't know if they're actually, like, to get, going to be together or not. But right. he says, I don't think I've ever grasped how much pain she's really in. It's not normal, Alice, and it frightens me. Not normal at all. Not like someone loved her, but like someone died. Mm. Pre-teen me really felt that. And she says, it was like someone had died, like I had died, because it had been more than just losing the truest of true loves, as if that were not enough to kill anyone. It was also losing a whole future, a whole family, the whole life that I'd chosen. Woo! Which is what we eventually came Which to is what we realize. Got, that she wanted to be a vampire. She seems melodramatic at first, because she does not express this depth of feeling. Right, right. Until much later. I would have liked to have this sooner. It's pretty impressive on Charlie's side that he kind of was perceptive enough to be like, there's more. It's like someone died. Like this is, right. like it's obvious that this is not a normal sad breakup teenage behavior, but right. to extrapolate that like, yeah. she's not just like dramatic. Like I'm not able to understand like the depth of this pain, like something else happens. Right. Yeah. No. yeah, I underlined this phrase where Charlie says she's always been such a constant little thing. And I was like, one, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you see, I found it kind of charming. <laughs> she was probably making lasagna and drinking her milk. Oh my God. <laughs> drinking her milk. <laughs> like at 15, she was probably biking to the grocery store and doing the big weekly shop. To Charlie, she is constant. Every day is the same. Yeah. I did think of it as more of, like, grandfatherly dialogue. Like. That's Charlie for you. My reliable little buddy, you know? Like. (laughs) (laughs) That's my little bud. buddy. Such a constant little thing. Like, I didn't expect this from her. Constant Um, little thing. It doesn't mean anything, but whatever. Then it's very sad. He's like, I don't know if she's going to get over this. I just don't know that it's in her nature to heal from something like this and that must be like a very scary idea as a parent like some people are resilient and some people aren't Mm. and he's like I ended up with one that's not resilient oh that's really scary and then Charlie is like Alice you know how fond I am of you (laughs) and I imagine him even though it's not what happens on the page being like 
truly the fondest. You are the greatest. Like, I love having you around. You're so much fun. Just such a little joy. Like, such a little how, thing. How much happiness can you fit in that little package? <laughs> like, <laughs> then he goes, but I'm a little worried about you visiting. And she's like, yeah, me too. I wouldn't have come if I had any idea. I'm sorry. Why doesn't he ask her? Why are you here? What? Why didn't you write? <laughs> yeah. Call? Like, why didn't you send her an email? Why didn't you call us? Why did you ditch her? Yeah. Right. No, he doesn't. Right. I mean, I guess breakups like that, you do get kind of cut off from everybody. I mean, supposedly they're such great friends that you would hope that Alice would keep in touch. But teenage right. breakups, but all teenage breakups, breakups, breakups are, kind are of like that. Yeah. All encompassing. I feel like from a parent perspective, you always want your kids' friends to, like, live up to this really high standard, you know? Right. And it would be like, you're so great. Why didn't you know better? Yeah. Right. It's not in Charlie's nature to accuse her, I don't think. That's why we need the fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Bella wakes up, well, reveals that she is right. And then this is where she and Alice get to talking, and she gets, like, the actual updates on everybody's. Carlisle is teaching at Cornell. Esme was restoring a 17th century house. Emmett and Rosalie went on another honeymoon. Jasper's <laughs> cool. And Alice has been looking into her own human past. She found her grave. And Bella has like nothing to say about this. Right? I'm like, hello, these are revelations. <laughs> I wonder if they still have like DNA. Like if she could like cut off a tiny piece of her hair and do like 23andMe. They would definitely still have DNA. Oh, totally. Just because you're dead doesn't mean you don't have DNA. You're right. I think she could totally do that. That's a great idea. That's what they're up to these days. Yeah. I wonder how it would show up. Yeah, I was going to say it might be a little sketch. They'd be like, um, you seem to be related to like a bunch of people in the 20s and then nobody. Well, no, they would be able to tell. Yeah, they would. They would see who they're related to now. Right. Because they're still related. But I feel like yeah. it tells you, like, well, this is probably your cousin. Right. Yeah. Would they be able to tell that it was, like, too distant from everybody? I don't think so, because... You would have no close relatives. There's this confidence factor that they put on. Right. So they're like, we have very high confidence that, like, this mm -hmm. is your relationship to this person. Mm -hmm. So the more distant ones, they include... They're right. like, yeah, this is probably your fourth cousin. Right. So I feel like that stuff would still pop up. And it's not like everybody has a mother or a sibling who's in the database. It would just be like, oh, there's nobody close to you in the database. And it's just like not so far apart. She has a living niece. Right. Right. Which, yeah, she like doesn't really. Yeah. Her name's yeah. Mary. And we just like don't talk about it. And it makes me sad. Why? Alice, why don't you tell us how this makes you feel? Yeah, yeah. nothing. Nothing about it. You guys are That's supposedly best stuff. friends. Bella's like, whatever. I was like, wow. And then they move on <laughs> to lighter topics. <laughs> and that's it. In the morning, um, it's the day of the funeral. So Alice says that she's going to head out and says that nothing interesting seems to be on the horizon, but it's still early. Frank, you're about to have a wild day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jacob comes. Right, so next yeah. chapter. That's when Jacob's we find there. out that she can't, like, at the very end of Chapter 17, Visitor, yeah. they have the realization that she can't see werewolves. And she's like, all right, well, I'm getting out of here because I don't want to hang out with him. 
but I was like, oh. you were here first. And I'm like, well, that settles the question of who she would pick. Like, <laughs> yep. Each and every time she picks the Collins. Fam, we have to take a break from New Moon at the peak of its greatness. Yeah, y'all, this uh, episode really got away from us. It is way too long. Uh, we need to stop here. And we're going to talk about the next chapter next week. Because Midnight Sun comes out on Tuesday. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, and I can't fully get in Midnight Sun and also be in New Moon. So, like, sorry, y'all. I'm just not possible. As we said last week, we're going to be reading Midnight Sun as soon as we can. Two, our first Midnight Sun episode will be an overall spoiler-filled chat. And then we'll be going um, chunk by chunk as we are for the other books. Wait, I thought that we were doing an overall spoiler-filled chat and then finishing New Moon and then going back to Midnight Sun. You're right. That's what we decided, and that's what we're doing. But it won't be that much more New Moon, so exciting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're basic. We're almost done with New Moon. You're right. What is going to come out next week is our Patreon bonus episode. LOL, along with the chapter that we aren't discussing right now, uh, that is also coming next week. Cool. Uh, if you haven't checked out our Patreon, please do. We have some awesome content, and one of those things is monthly bonus apps. So you should check that out. So wild. Another thing that we do on our Patreon is at a certain level, I forget which one, it's, you know, Google, Patreon, Twilight Face Podcast, yeah. you can figure it out. Um, we do, like, a monthly hang with our listeners, um, and if you attend that level, then we will read your tarot cards, because we all are into tarot as a hobby, and I want to just throw an idea out here right now to you guys that I could have talked about previously, but didn't think to. I think it would be fun to read tarot cards for characters at different portions of the book. Like, Like, Bella is deciding right now, in this moment, whether or not to kiss Jacob. Like, (laughs) what do the cards say? That's genius. We should love it. We should totally do that. Maybe we'll pick that up for Midnight Sun. Dope. Okay, that's it. That's that's the app. A long one, but thanks for sticking in with us. Y'all are the best. As always, you can email us with questions or comments at twilightphasepodcast at gmail.com. As I just mentioned, if you'd like to support the podcast, check out patreon.com slash twilightphasepodcast. Shout out to our patrons, Jillian, Melina, Bridget, and Eric. Y'all are the best. You can all follow us at twilight underscore phase on Twitter and Instagram and twilightphasepodcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. Twilight Universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing by Melissa Shermer. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Mooring. Well, we won't be back next week. We'll be back the week after that. Yeah, we're actually definitely going to be back next week. So uh, we'll be back next week. And if you don't like it, you can bite me. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all are the best.